What are the core principles that you can lean on to help you in your relationship, whether you're in a tough spot or whether you're doing really well? These are the kinds of things that you can fall back on to remind yourself of why you're there to begin with and to help you make choices about how to foster growth and connection in your relationship. We're gonna start that conversation in today's episode, and I have a very special guest with me today. But first, the Relationship Alive podcast is my offering to you to help you have an incredible relationship. So if you're finding the show to be helpful, please consider a donation to help ensure that we can continue. And this week I would like to thank Renee, David, Patricia, and Eleni. Thank you so much for your generous donations to help support Relationship Alive. In order to choose a level of support that feels right for you, just visit neilsatin.com support or text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. Also, if you haven't grabbed it yet, you gotta pick up my free guide to my top three relationship communication secrets. These are the kinds of communication secrets that keep you connected no matter what you're talking about, and especially if you're talking about something challenging. So in order to pick up this free guide, all you have to do is visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And finally, if you haven't joined the conversation yet on Facebook, come find us there. You can search for the Relationship Alive community and then just click join and join up with over 1,000 of us. I think we're actually at 1,100 as th at the time of this recording um, who are there to support each other and having amazing, thriving, growth-oriented, healing relationships. So come on board. Hope to see you there. And now on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. And today I am joined by my illustrious co-host, Chloe Irvin. <laughs> my wife, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here today to talk about something that's really important. Actually, two key things that are really important. The first is we want to do an ongoing series that's about the principles on which you can base having an amazing, thriving relationship. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that even means as we have this conversation. But what it all comes down to when you are in partnership with someone, you have to have something to fall back on some belief, some vision of where you're headed. And hopefully this is something that you come up with together with your partner. And it can be something that evolves over time. That's why this will probably be a good series because what we even think will evolve over time. And that evolving is all about supporting the health of you as individuals and of your coupleship. So the particular way that we're going to dive into this topic today is to talk a little bit about our wedding. And in fact, we're going to use one of the vows that we wrote together as a starting point for this conversation about principles and what is important 
in having this kind of conscious, amazing relationship. So we're going to tell you a little bit about the process of getting there. And we're also here to dispel some of the illusions and myths about getting married and it being the happiest day of your life and whether or not that's true and what to do about the truth of that statement, that your wedding should somehow be the happiest day of your life. I can tell you that we know of many people who have that expectation and then afterwards they're like, holy shit show, that was that was ridiculous or it was amazing in some ways and it was really hard in other ways and, um, and there's a reason for that and we're going to talk about that today as well. So I'm really excited to dive in deep with you and I'm really psyched, Chloe, that you are here with me today to have this conversation. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really psyched to be here too. Good. Yeah. Because you're an important part of this equation. (laughs) (laughs) I know I am. (laughs) I come up more than I think I might even know in this this, uh, avenue here of the podcast. Yeah, it's true. I do talk about you a lot. (laughs) It's all good. All good things. Yeah, all good. Mostly. (laughs) Mostly good. Don't worry, you have my permission and I've given it to you over and over. Thank you for reassuring me. Yes, and And our listeners here. Yeah, (laughs) just in case you were worried. You heard it, you can say you heard it here from her directly. (laughs) So when it came time for us to get married, we knew that we wanted to write vows that embodied what was important to us. Things that we could lean on when it came time, both that we could live into because we were excited about the potential for our connection, but also things that we could lean on when things were hard. Right. And and we've experienced both in our um, five-year-long, at this point, at the point of this recording, relationship. We've experienced amazing, joyful moments, and we've experienced really hard moments. Yeah. So... We came together to collaborate. And Chloe, maybe you could paint a little bit of a picture of what that looked like when we came together to write these vows. (laughs) Ah, yes. It was a sunny and hot July day. (laughs) No, we... um, It was a sunny day. It was sunny and it was hot. And it was a beautiful day. And we had been up um, where I had grown up in on the coast of Maine at my mother's house. And we had been there for maybe 10 days at that point with our kids and my brother and his kids. And we, um, we had the gift of Grammy Susan, my mother, taking the kids so that we had a couple of hours to really dig in and, and feel out what it was that we were going to vow to each other and that what our relationship meant to us and how we wanted to step in to this marriage and how we already had stepped in in a lot of ways. And so we had some time and we had some quiet and we there was this beautiful tent that had been set up, this canvas tent in the woods. And we decided to go there to have some quiet and time to really sink in with each other. And so we sat in this beautiful tent that was 
the doors were open, so it was just green and sun and warm breeze, and we sat down and really dug in in a beautiful way. And I feel like these vows almost channeled through our higher selves, and we really asked for the guidance of our of our light and our essence and our beings to come through and help guide us on what it was that this beautiful um, combination of beings and essence, what it was that we were coming together to experience in this marriage. And, and so that's where these principles came from. Yeah. Yeah. And so whether you you know, do believe that we are here on this planet with a higher purpose and that we meet the people that we meet and get in the relationships that we get into to serve the greater good or, or higher purpose, or whether you strictly believe that everything is happening by happenstance. At the end, I think if you want to have a relationship that doesn't just feel like the product of happenstance, then one of the questions you have to ask yourself is, how am I willing to embody um, the potential for magic or for things to feel really special mm. or unique? For us, that language is wrapped up in a connection to the divine, to something greater than us. But that's us. Um, for you, it's, it's that question of what is uniquely how you approach connecting to something greater. Because if you're just going to be in happenstance all the way through, then we can tell you with a reasonable degree of certainty that happenstance leads to people come to, coming together and then people falling apart. That's happenstance. And it takes a really strong intention to lead people through the challenges that inevitably arise in relationship to get to the other side of those challenges and experience more, to experience that blossoming that happens. Yeah, well said. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take necessarily um, even believing in something greater, but it does take this conscious, if, if you're wanting a conscious relationship, if you're wanting um, a thriving, joyful, beautiful experience with your partner, how how do you come up with these agreements, these um, principles, these standards by which you you live into with your partner, by which you live from in your lives, and you show up every day to come back and revisit and almost as if they're the you know the compass by which you by which you live from and when that's not in place it can just really start to fall apart pretty quickly um because there aren't the guideposts in place yeah yeah that's key that's key and and it's great having those guideposts is great because it does give you something to shoot for like i mentioned in the intro and because um, when things get hard, it can get really confusing. Yeah. And you can feel, especially because the nature of something being hard, it tends to bring us into our triggers. Right. And once you're in your trigger, then everything feels pretty crappy. 
anyway. <laughs> like you're, <laughs> you know, it's like going to color everything that you see. So if you if you don't have yourself, you know, tethered to the mast of your principles in your in your relationship, then you know, and I'm I'm referring to I think that was Odysseus, right? Who was he was off on the Odyssey, and he there was one point where he had to literally bind himself to <laughs> the boat to just keep himself on course right. because otherwise he would have been. I think that might have been the sirens or something. I can't remember what it was, but he would have been lured away from mm-hmm. from his from his ship mm-hmm. to certain destruction. In fact, I think everyone else on the ship threw themselves overboard <laughs> or something like that. So don't do that in your relationship. <laughs> don't throw yourself overboard. No, that doesn't tend to mean a long lasting <laughs> relationship. Unless you're of, a really good swimmer. Yeah, I guess maybe. <laughs> I'm not. So (laughs) let's just be honest. Yeah. So I also too feel like it's really important here to, to bring into the picture a little bit about this myth of wedding Mm. before we dive into our first principle here and talk about it. There's a really interesting piece here in this cultural fantasy or projection upon what wedding is, what your wedding day means. And then somehow that it's supposed to be this happiest day of your life, this perfect experience where somehow you bring however many people in our case, around 150 people in our lives together and that somehow it's all going to be completely perfect, harmonious and easeful and beautiful every step of the way. And it's, I, I think that's almost impossible. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe some of you feel that that happened for you. For us, that wasn't exactly the case. And there has been a lot of beautiful learning and awareness that's come through because of that. Our wedding we really dug in and chose consciousness. And I think that we have over and over again in our relationship. And consciousness with it doesn't always mean ease, joy, comfort. You know, consciousness is really bringing to light, bringing to light, bringing into your awareness light and shadow. And that was really profound for us in our wedding experience because the light was so brilliant, so beautiful, magnificent, magical. It was incredible what we birthed there. Our vows, how everyone showed up on that magical day when it was raining and then the sun broke right in time for the our outside wedding. And there was such majestic beauty there. And there was such intensity, such stress, such uh, so many things that were uncomfortable and hard. And that that, in a lot of ways, I felt um, so humbled by the experience 
because, you know, it's like, yes, we're choosing this consciousness and beauty and we help people in this realm of a relationship. This is going to be, you know, talk about living into fantasy and to just be so humbled and to realize that it was all a part of the journey and, and the dismantling of that fantasy and stepping into reality mm. was so key and was such a, talk about a principle, like talk about a thing to, to live into of like, just because we're choosing consciousness, there's, there's such a distortion in that, that somehow that's going to mean that it's easeful or that we get to avoid discomfort it's almost the opposite. It's like you might get actually a little more uncomfortable, but in the end you get to access a realm of possibility and awareness and connection to your higher self and to what's possible between the two of us, the two of us and the two of you as partners that you might not be able to access if you're not willing to be humbled and uncomfortable. And so our wedding was a huge teacher in that. Of course, again and again, we can be taught these things, but it was a huge teacher in that. And it was beautiful and it was hard. One of the things that jumps out at me too is that I think in order to create the perfect wedding, then really the way that that would typically happen is you're creating a script. Right. And then everyone follows the script. And as long as everyone's following the script, you create this illusion that everything's perfect because if it if it happens just as it was scripted, then then voila, you know. And I think where a lot of disappointment arises in relationship is when people suddenly realize that the reality and I love how you use that word, Chloe. The reality isn't, it's, it's sort of interwoven in the script, but it isn't the script. The reality is what's happening all around the script. Right. And so what I hear you saying is that in choosing consciousness, you're choosing to be more in reality and not so much in the script. Right. And by being in reality, the perfection, and, and you really have to, I think, adjust your definition of perfection. So if perfection is everyone happy, <laughs> joyful all the time, it's always easy, then again, you're screwed. If your definition of perfection expands to include, oh, this is perfect because actually a problem happened, and then we got to be in the moment and address that problem, or, What's right about this problem right now? Like, exactly. what are we learning? How is it expanding us? How are we stepping into the truth of this particular situation here? And how can we grow from it? Right, right. And that can bring laughter and it can also bring tears. And tears sometimes is, are the best medicine of all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, I think, really important for us we had a little bit of a script for our wedding. And then from the beginning, and, and this includes pre preparing for it and mm -hmm. all of our expectations around that. Um, but also, you know, from the beginning of the ceremony itself, um, you know, just as an example, um, we had hoped that Zella, our daughter, 
um, you know, Chloe is her stepmom and she's my biological daughter, that she would be one of the flower girls for the wedding. And she really wanted to be one of the flower girls for the wedding. And we got there and the ceremony was about to begin and she didn't want to do it. And so from the very beginning of that whole thing, we had to adjust and be more in the moment than in our script. Yeah. And I just want to mention that that was one of my most favorite parts, the unscriptedness of that. She was actually crying. And we thought, or Neil thought, I wasn't there, <laughs> but Neil thought and probably a lot of others thought she was afraid, she was scared, she didn't want to do it, whatever it was, all the stories and projections that could have happened on this unscripted moment. And later, come to find out, she she shared with us that it wasn't that she was scared or sad. It was that she was so overwhelmed with happiness that she just, she just couldn't do it, that she had just tears of joy. And so isn't that a beautiful um, lesson just right there? Like these unscripted moments of, of, um, magic of integrity of these places that could be seen as challenging or projected upon as a hard moment was actually to me that was one of my most favorite parts of that whole experience of us getting married was that Zella could feel tears of joy and that she could be in integrity to herself and and ask for what she needed, which was to just go up and be with our officiant and and her friend, and that that was what she needed, and that was okay. And so just another, like, example of how it went off script in the most beautiful ways, too. Yeah, yeah, and I'm struck by just how, well, not struck, but I'm noticing that... Um, you know, her tears weren't part of the script. And so how often in our lives are we playing the role that we think we're supposed to be playing or playing the part? And by doing so, we're missing out on the actual juice in the moment, yeah, the vibrancy. Yeah. And, um, and the other thing I love that you pointed out is how often do we assume we know what's going on with the other person right. like we would have with Zella? And or like I did, you know, until we figured out later um, what was going on for her. So again, like a reminder of being in curiosity and mm -hmm. not making assumptions that, um, you know, the person who's supposed to play the role of um, flower girl, who it, now she's somehow playing the role of frightened child when that wasn't the truth at all. You right. Know? Um, yeah, really important, important yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I also just wanted to mention before we dive into the first principle here. Um, and of course, we've already uncovered like three other principles. I know. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there, and, and I must say, like, we're talking about this, whatever, five months, however long ago this was. And these awarenesses came from sitting with it. Mm. Like I, I struggled after we got married and, and after, you know, 
I had a lot of shame about how it went down and that it wasn't smooth all the time and that we didn't do it gracefully, like getting ready. We didn't just hire a crew. We had our friends help us out. We had a potluck. We we wanted it to be a community event. And with that came, you know, some hard things. And we had two children that would get hungry and cranky. And we it was like we were juggling a lot. And I I found myself almost in shock at the birthing process, at that of the initiation. I really felt like our wedding was an initiation. It was a celebration, but to me it was more of an initiation. And with initiation comes that humbling like you got to fight for what it is that you want sort of a feeling. And it felt like that. And over the next like couple of months after the wedding, I, I was really grappling with a lot of feelings, total excitement and unbelievable, um, just profound gratitude to have married this man, Neil and at the beauty of our vows and the ceremony was so aligned and beautiful. And then also like all the hard moments that I was so humbled by. And somehow it was like I had to continually dismantle my distorted view of what it should or shouldn't look like. And sure, that was our wedding. And that took me some time just to be honest, to be candid, because I think we all can learn from these moments of like. So for I have a question yeah. for you, which is, what, what was helpful for you in being able to make that shift, like being able to step back mm-hmm. and and process it so that it wasn't just like, oh well, that sucked, and you mm-hmm. know, let's forget about that. Mm-hmm. Great question. I feel like, well, first off, again, one of our key pieces we always come back to is curiosity. So for me, I was asking, like, what was right about that? How did this, why and how did it happen this way? And what can I learn from it? And when I really started to be in those sorts of questions, like, well, what can birth from this? What else is possible now that wasn't then because I had that experience? And as I began to really um, be in the curiosity, in the questions, in uh, knowing somehow something was right about it, there was a reason. And there was a reason that things came up that were hard. And so as I began to just dismantle it through curiosity I began to see so many moments and opportunities for growth, for deeper connection with you, for deeper connection with the kids, for deeper connection with friendships. In fact, it catapulted me into a whole new realm of like what it is that I want in any relationship in my life. What does healthy relationship even look like? And so I began this discovery, and I'm still in it, of uncovering all the places and blind spots and fantasies 
that we live into, that I lived into, and I know so many of us do, around who people are to us, what pe- what things are supposed to look like, what the reality is in our lives. And as I began to be in that curiosity, I came into so, so many new exciting awarenesses. And I felt it was like the perfect opportunity or gift for me to um, really dig in and to find the next layer of healing and um, potential and all the ways that some of the things and fantasies and distortions I went in to that wedding with they were holding me back from like even more profound connection, growth, love. So basically why we're bringing this all up is to really just talk about moments in our lives that we might fantasize about, that we might put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have be a certain way, whether it's getting married or a particular date or Valentine's Day or... It's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is that you may hold up on this pedestal as a moment of... uh, a, A moment that should be a certain way in your mind. That even if it doesn't go that way, and even if there's moments that are really challenging, that it's a huge opportunity for you to harness the power of your curiosity, bring in the questions, and begin to see what's right about the situation and see the opportunity for growth for healing, for new awarenesses, for ways in which it can become a catalyst for even more profound connection in your life, even more love, even more um, integrity. Integrity, not just meaning integrity between you and your partner or you and the person you've had the experience with, but to me, integrity is also integrity to your higher self and and how to find and gauge um, that relationship to your integrity, to your higher self, to living fully from that place. And maybe living from that place might not give you what you thought you wanted, but it gave you an opportunity for something that opens you up to a whole new world of possibility and understanding and um, connection. Yeah. Yeah. I just also was thinking integrity is also, you know, just going with the theme of what we've been talking about. It's about how you align with reality Mm -hmm. with just like what is Mm -hmm. and that, what can be painful, like you might experience the deviation between what you thought was supposed to happen and what actually happened. Like that's where the pain happens. Mm-hmm. But but then there's actually a huge relief and release in being like, oh, okay, this is this is what is. Mm-hmm. And now that I know what is, I can respond to that. Mm-hmm. And and what we're talking about is responding, you know, Chloe illustrated beautifully, like responding generatively mm-hmm. 
versus like being in your reactivity. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in the pain of that discrepancy, that's when triggers happen and that's when reactivity could Mm -hmm. happen. Yeah. And really bringing up the what is, this this notion of is-ness, like how do we embrace is-ness? How do we embrace the experience that's right in front of us without judgment, without positive or negative judgment, whether it's like, wow, this is beautiful or wow, this sucks. Those are judgments, both of them, right? And when we, when we come to an experience with just fully embracing the isness, then we're able to, um, see it in a different way to experience isness is freedom is is touching the divine in a way because you're just in the now you're in the present and not to say that the now and present is like all that is because it's not like isness is all encompassing it's like we got to where we are now because of where we came from and yet there's this power in just surrendering over to that isness without the the judgment one way or the other. Like surrendering to the fact that our wedding was one of the hardest and most beautiful days of our lives. And that's what is. And what a lesson and what a beautiful moment. And we don't have to judge it. We don't have to say that was beautiful or that was hard it's just what was. And so what can we do with that? We could fall apart over it or we could choose to grow and shift and and find the the opportunities in it. Isness is the business. Isness is the business. <laughs> <laughs> so um Getting back to what you were saying a moment ago about um, aligning also like integrity being about being in touch with your highest self, Mm. Uh, this might be a good time to talk about one of those principles. And our first vow was actually based on this question of how we show up to, to support each other. So here's the vow. Do you want me to read it? Okay. I vow... It was a vow. I vow to believe in and support you in choosing your highest and purest embodiment, soul, body, being, spirit, and highest self. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> this, I mean, talk about a big one, right? And there's, such like to me this is one of the pinnacle agreements one of the most um profound pieces that we live into together and it is not always easy and yet there i think really believing and supporting each other and choosing our highest and purest embodiment which to me means um really stepping in and saying like i'm i'm here i'm here with you even when it gets hard even when 
you choosing your highest and purest embodiment might uncover something that's really hard for me to hear even, or really hard for you to hear, or um, that whatever that is, highest and purest embodiment being that we're aligned, soul, body, being, spirit, highest self, that all these things are are um, aligned and working and that we're choosing to be in a body. You know, we're choosing to occupy our bodies, our cells, our experience in a body, in a form and what that means and how that impacts our day-to-day lives together. And to me, that shows up in so many ways, but that also, that, you know, certainly impacts sexuality it certainly impacts just our day-to-day lives and and when we get triggered not completely dissociating which was one of my really highly used <laughs> mind <too>. um, <laughs> ways of escaping discomfort um so to me with this it's it, it's encompassing a lot in just choosing i'm not going to escape I'm not going to flee. Not sure I might flee. I might, my primal brain might kick in and I might need to leave the room for a minute, but I'll always come back. But I'm not going to dissociate from my body and, and live there for a while as an escape. Like how can we each support each other in um, choosing our bodies, choosing to be these you know, infinite beings in these bodies and how, even when it gets hard, how can I support you in doing that? And how can you support me? And how can I believe in you and have total and utter faith in your capacity to choose yourself and vice versa? And so that to me is this, when you're living into that, think about what opens up in your relationship what is possible, what could potentially grow from that when you know your partner is there believing in you and supporting you and helping you hold the faith when you might not have it. Yeah. Yeah, it also seems like it's one potent antidote to codependence. Mm-hmm. because Which I think we both have really grappled with in our lives absolutely absolutely and so codependence in in this moment meaning the ways that we would compromise ourselves Mm -hmm. or ask our partners to compromise themselves in order to maintain uh an illusion maybe a script of Mm -hmm. stability Mm -hmm. in your relationship and safety Mm -hmm. so and we have a deep and profound commitment to safety which you know we'll we'll talk about in another another conversation about principles. Um, But this one is about how even in the context of we want each other to experience um, total faith in our connection and in the the sanctity of our connection, Mm -hmm. that the expectation is, and that's going to happen by you being what you're meant to be. Right. In this world. Right. And by my not only wanting that for you, but showing up to be like, how can I help you have that? Yeah. 
And because the path of living into who you are meant to be isn't always easy and requires you to look at your own distortions about yourself, mm-hmm. there are moments that are painful. There are moments that require um, deep healing. Mm-hmm and deep Mm self-compassion and knowing that your partner is there to also hold the compassion along with you is huge that your partner is there to be like yeah i'm going to support you in the process of your highest embodiment which includes all those times when it's going to be really challenging for you Mm -hmm. like like you're going to have to rise in order to be your best self. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to support you in the rising. I'm going to support you in knowing that it's not always easy. I'm going to support you when you stumble and find ways to, to laugh together and to make it okay, even when it's painful. Because in the end, like we stay together, we come together, we, we weave uh, our partnership out of, enjoying each other and also struggling together and what comes from the the other side of the struggle. Mm-hmm. If you're afraid of the struggle, then you're going to be really limited because there are lots of worthy, valuable things in your life that require like hard work. Totally. You know? And I'm glad you brought that up because there's a way in which I could see someone listening being like, whoa, that sounds like... Huge. And I feel like I just fail over and over again. And yes, you will. We do. Almost probably every fucking day. Excuse my French. (laughs) There is absolutely this humbling experience of like, we fail over and over again. And yet that's part of what having these agreements are about. Having them to come back to and to... um, and to love ourselves through it. I failed and I'm getting back on the horse and I'm really super sorry that that went down the way it did or that I said that that way or that um, or that even my truth in this moment is painful for you to hear. And all, so much of it is just like being willing to fail and continually picking yourself back up again, dusting yourself off, finding some self-compassion as much as you can have it and find it, possibly letting go of some judgments, positive or negative, and coming back and having a reset. And whatever that reset looks like for you, for us, there's a lot of different ways that comes about. For Neil, it might be taking a shower, you know? For me, it might be um, doing some clearing statements or particular uh, ways that I energetically come back online. We might voo together, which is, you know, I, I think you've talked about that on the podcast with um, with Peter Levine. Yep. Peter Levine, but, you know, whatever it is, there are so many ways. Some people use EFT, some people use meditation, whatever it is, the reset to come back. I just wanted to mention that these are some lofty goals that we are constantly living into and striving for, and we are constantly failing. And that there, in those moments of failure, there's 
it can be grueling. It can be hard. It can be like, oh my God, just by the skin of your teeth, you pull yourself out of the depths of struggle, right? Of you're fighting that primal brain instinct to fight or flee or shut down altogether or dissociate, however that looks like for you. And to just, the more and more we can notice and find that loving compassion and clear those judgments out and come back together and reassess and, okay, in this moment, how can I believe in you and support you in choosing your highest and purest embodiment and vice versa? And how does that, how do we come back to that even here in this messy moment? And that might just look like, can we just sit and look into each other's eyes for a moment Maybe could you hold me? Could we take a walk or a shower together or whatever it is that might bring you back into co-regulation so that you can recommit <laughs> to um, finding a pathway through? Because our survival brains and our young parts that get upset <laughs> or triggered, they're tenacious. And how do we how do we find loving ways to uh, come back, to sweep up the mess as best we can, forgive ourselves and each other as best we can, and step into um, recommitting? Well said. Thanks. I think the only other thing that occurred to me there too is that these are also the moments when you're not struggling but when that choice to support the other person is about amplifying yeah. is about just giving them the boost yeah like you're you have a question should i take this risk should yeah. i um should i try this new thing yeah. should i should i do this thing that is that represents me and what i what i hope for and what i dream for and yeah. So being a resounding yes to your partner in those moments when sometimes, like speaking for myself, there are times when I can feel uncertain and all I need to hear from Chloe is, yes, just fucking do it. Mm -hmm. And and it's going to be okay. Like, even if it doesn't work out, it's going to be okay. And and I've got you and you've got you and our marriage has got you and and our choice to be together is is something you can fall back on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Chloe, for being here. You're so welcome. On this journey with me. I feel like we could go on and on, and we will. We will. And we're, I'm really excited to be coming on a little bit more regularly now and, and um, talking with you guys and sharing our experience, and um, hopefully that helps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that we did create a course together, mm -hmm. actually two courses. Mm -hmm. um, we have a course called Thriving Intimacy that's a seven-week course that's uh, all about embodying many of the things that we've talked about today. Mm -hmm. um, you can check out, if you go to neilsatin.com slash course, C-O-U-R-S-E, 
it will take you to our website that we have together, which is called thenewloveparadigm.com, to the course page there, and, and you can find out more about it. And uh, we'll also be doing s- some webinars to yep. um, help you learn more about that and, and give you some valuable stuff in doing it. And, uh, and we're also both in the Relationship Alive community on Facebook. Uh, I'm a little more active than Chloe is. She's giving me this look like, I'm not there. You're there. You're, you're a member. I'm absolutely a member. And I'm glad you're giving me the nudge because I will, I'll show up more there now. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. And there are, at this point, well over a thousand people who are there showing up, supporting each other. Um, we're there to have conversations and... It's up to all of us to to uplevel what's possible in terms of relationship. And yeah, to evolve the human species to an even more profoundly exciting and connecting experience of relationship. Yeah. So that's why we're here with you. And Chloe, I'm so grateful to be here with you. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. See you soon around (laughs) (laughs) all right take care take care thank you for listening to another episode of relationship alive if you like what you've heard and want to make it easier for other people to find out about us please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review us on itunes If you have questions or comments or want to continue the conversation, you can always join our Relationship Alive community Facebook group. And for more information about today's episode, visit us online at neilsatin.com slash podcast. Or you can always text the word PASSION, P-A-S-S-I-O-N, to the number 33444 for more information. Finally, Do you have a burning question that you're hoping we can have answered here on Relationship Alive, either for a future or past guest? Let me know and I'll see what I can do. Take care and see you next time. Thank you.